we have a story for you guys today. I'm so excited to share Laura here in a minute, my new friend. She is incredible. No matter what you think you have gone through recently, I can promise you that this woman's story is going to touch your heart in a way that you don't know possible. From divorce to losing a son through suicide, through uh, breast cancer and heart failure to having a new lease on life and still finding ways to find joy and purpose in your life. This is such an incredible episode to start not only season two, but also the new year with 2024. So I can't wait to share it with you. I hope you all learn a lot of tips in your own life and things that you can bring into your family. So enjoy this episode with Laura. We look forward to hearing your guys' thoughts. Hey, and welcome to the Parenting on Purpose podcast, your podcast to mirror your self-development journey with your parenting journey, because it is amazing what can be accomplished with a little bit of purpose. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Parenting on Purpose. All right, and welcome back to Parenting on Purpose, your podcast for parenting out of the box, where we give you tips and tricks to parallel your self-development journey with your parenting journey and help you bring more peace and happiness into your home. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to Laura. Laura has gone through an incredible journey in her own life. On our previous talk, we probably talked for an hour and she should have a movie just about her life. It is so fascinating. And she's going to share today how she brought... Um, her coping mechanisms to help her find success and joy back into her life. So it's going to be a great episode. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. We're excited to have you. So I always like to ask people when we start a podcast, what do you do in your life, Laura, to show up on purpose? Oh, that's that's a good question. Um, every morning, I just look at it as a new day. And what can I do today to be better than yesterday? I love that. That's so good. And um, what does that look like for you, that practice? Is that just like a mental check in the morning when you're still in bed? Or does that look like something when you're making your morning coffee? How does that come into fruition for you? When I wake up, uh, there used to be days when I used to, <laughs> I would wake up and go, oh my goodness, what kind of fresh hell am I going to have to face today? And, um, okay. you know, and so now it's, it's like, it, you know, I've got a clean slate. What good things are going to happen? What are some things that I can find to be better than I was yesterday? And it's just um, just trying to have that um, attitude of gratitude yeah. and, uh, and look for the, the positive because it's so easy to find the negative in this world. And you're priming your brain. You're priming your brain for success and just what to look for. And, you know, particular activating system, that's what you find, right? Right, right. Yeah, because if you go into it with that positive mindset starting your day, you're going to find more joy in your life. You're going to find things to that you you wouldn't notice if if you had that negative mindset. So it's really developing that growth mindset to find the positive throughout the day. It's so interesting. I was talking to my husband about this last night when we were laying in bed, but the self-development journey or just growth in general is so difficult because you know, if you follow neuroscience at all, just the science of spirituality, we are so conditioned in our lives and we go through 80, 90% is just habitual. And as, you know, human beings, we have the incredible benefit of having uh, neuroplasticity. So you're able to mm -hmm. actually train your brain to think differently, but that's not to say it's an easy transformation. I mean, like I go to the gym all the time, uh, even in my fifth months of pregnancy, I'm always at the gym, but the mental gym is much more challenging. So um, I love that you prime your brain for success and that you're, that you're looking for the positives in the world, because 
I think we get into this catch-all where we want to be successful, but if you think of it, like, what does that really mean? And for us in our life, it means deriving more peace, fulfillment, and joy out of your everyday life and your family. So I love that you have a way, um, very simple practice in the morning mm -hmm. to um, help yourself stay in alignment of that goal. That's awesome. That's so good. Love it. It, it, well, it's easy to make things complicated and, you know, our brain is wired to be on, to be, you know, fight or flight or freeze. And um, so it's very natural to look for the negative. And I used to be that way. I really did. I, I just got to the point where it was, it was just so, you know, you lay in bed, you, the alarm goes off. Oh, I don't want to get up. And, mm -hmm. um, and so um, because of what I went through through recently. And um, one of the things that I had to start turning um, my mindset around is stop focusing on what I can't do and start focusing on what I can do. And, and, you know, sometimes those days look like you don't have much choices, very many choices, but you do. Um, you, there, you, there's a lot you can do if you focus on what's in your control, take ownership yeah. of you know, of um, that, of what's in your, what's in your um, control. And, you know, that's your thoughts, your words and your actions. And when you can differentiate what you, what's not out of, what's out of your control, which is other people, other, um, what people think of you, generally just other people, you, you have no control of what mm -hmm. they think, what they say about exactly. you, what they do to you. And if you learn to stop taking things personally, which was something that I had to really, I, I used to take, I, that was a big struggle for me. Don't take things personally because you'll find out if some, there's an issue with another person, you know, take, a, take an assessment of um, wh what are you um, responsible for and accountable for with your actions and what are they and hurting people hurt people as they say. Sure, so sure. you really have to say, stop and say, okay, what's in my control? What can I do? And that's really where you start getting a growth mindset is focus yeah. on, I can't, I can't do that, but I can do this. And that's empowering because you start looking at what all you can do and it becomes, uh, I can do this. I can do that. Um, I, I can try to do that. And just, uh, you know, there's no failure involved. It's okay. I, I didn't figure that out quite yet, but I'm going to keep trying. And so as long as you, you keep trying, there's no failure involved. That's where the growth comes in. Personally, I know lots of ways how not to do things. <laughs> and that's where humor comes in too. But if, if you focus on, okay, well, that didn't work, but what will work? Let me try this and start thinking outside the box and bringing creativity yeah, into that. it, then, you know, and maybe you're not going to get to from point A to point B, but maybe you get to point C and then that's either close enough or that opens up new opportunities. And that's how I like to look at it. Okay. Just because I didn't succeed at something, we know what that's like, right? It, you know, you keep struggling and struggling. Well, there's got to be another way to, to get there. And so it, it just opens up a whole world of possibilities and choices. And those are my two favorite words are possibilities and choices, because nobody likes feeling that they have no choice. And sometimes we think we don't have a choice, 
but it's really like, we don't like that choice. And there's always a choice, there, right? You know, but you always have a choice. So no, these are good. You touched on a lot of really hard hitting points um, to, to start off, uh, to start off the podcast. So that's awesome. But if you think of it, our personal development journey is personal. And I always uh, like, like to think of it as, and I've heard this somewhere from one of the spiritual teachers is like every person or uh, event in your life is a mirror. And a lot of them are beautiful mirrors. It's like when you hold your young child or you're holding hands with your sweetheart, or you're looking in the mirror and you see something that you love, there's usually a reflection in there of values or morals or, or yourself. Mm. And it's showing you something about yourself that you value. But just, uh, just as there's good mirrors, there's also the ones where you see something in a family member that you dislike or a coworker or something really gets under your skin. And we've been conditioned in our society to point that at somebody else. And that's why I love the term. If you point your finger at somebody else, you have three pointing back at you because right. it's really for you to internalize and say, okay, what about this? I think you mentioned like, what about this? Do I control or what about this? Did I cause? And then there's really not, there doesn't need to be like a right or wrong. It's just a recognition of what happens because in reality, if we don't do that and we don't decide to grow from that experience, no, nothing, nothing bad is going to happen other than you're going to attract that same experience because they call this classroom earth for a reason and you're here to learn. So you either do it willingly or begrudgingly, but eventually we are all dragged across the sand and up to where we, to where we learn. And the other point I love that you made is like, it's really just about finding more joy and fulfillment. I think we all, as we mentioned, chase this idea of success or this idea of uh, anti-failure. And at the end of the day, it's really just getting clear at your vision, which is different for everybody about, mm -hmm. you know, yourself, your family, what are your missions and goals and values as a, as a unit? And, and then working toward that in a way that's authentic to you. I think authenticity is the hardest thing to accomplish in 2024, because we're constantly looking at and being berated with other outside forces that make us question if we're good enough. And I think it takes a very strong family unit and a very strong person uh, stand in their own authenticity. And that's unfortunately, unfortunately for us, you're just never going to feel satisfied if you're not in your own truth. Right. So I love right. that. What a great intro point. Um, that is exactly why we wanted to have you on the show. Right. So um, Laura is the owner of I and uh, founder and CEO of I Hope to Cope. And she recently wrote a book and she's also going to tell us about all her coaching and all the programs that she has, but basically to help you transform pain into peace. And uh, how to take adversities and how to take challenges and what lessons to glean from them, especially for parents. So any parent knows uh, that the uh, adversities and things that you're not anticipating and hardships, uh, those are kind of synonymous with life. Things happen and how we choose to cope with them, how we choose to react to them. Oftentimes, I might be going out on a limb and saying this, can cause more harm than the actual event themselves. And, and as leaders of our family and the people that we love, it is up to us to have the wherewithal to emotionally regulate ourselves so that we can lead our families um, into and teach them practices so they can be functioning human beings. So I cannot wait to get into this topic with you. I'm so excited. I'll start by saying congrats on the new book. And um, I'd love to hear maybe just a brief overview of some of those three steps. And then anything that comes to your heart, Laura, in terms of what you've learned in this process, specifically as it relates to families and things that we could bring into the family unit. And let's just play with it from there. That'd be awesome.
Well, thank you very much. Um, I'm excited to, to get my book out uh, because I think there's a lot of good uh, nuggets that people can take away, uh, whether you've gone through ex extreme tragedy, um, hardship, or just getting through everyday life. And um, so the, the reason why I wrote that book is because I did, um, I, I went through four life-changing events in a five-year period. And, um, a, you know, a lot of people were saying, gosh, I can't believe you, you, you went through all that and you're still positive. You're, and, and, <laughs> and I don't want anybody to have to go through that. But there's so much that I learned, um, and, and I've been through some other things, but, um, you know, I, being diagnosed with breast cancer right after my husband at the time, and I just opened a business, um, we had two locations um, an hour apart, and, uh, and then um, while I was going through my breast cancer journey, we lost our uh, adoptive teenage son to, to suicide. That was completely unexpected. And then uh, a couple of years later, uh, I was, because of the chemo treatments had uh, damaged my heart, I, I had a genetic congestive heart failure. Uh, I was diagnosed in, in 2020, along with the pandemic, I was diagnosed with um, congestive heart failure and I would need a heart transplant. And I went in to the hospital in August of 2020 for a heart transplant, uh, successful, came home Mother's Day weekend, had a wonderful weekend celebrating. It's like that was the best Mother's Day gift I could ever have, a, a new heart and celebrate with my family. And then a month later, um, found out that uh, my marriage was over after 27 years. And uh, so that was um, just being hit with all that. I, I was devastated. I was really at my, my lowest point. And um, through the help of uh, counseling, and and uh, I had that for a short while. I had some problems with um, my insurance and rolling in my insurance, which is a another story in itself. But I went um, 13 months without insurance to finish follow up with my heart transplant, and I had to decide what am I going to do. And and I could be bitter about everything because. Um, you know, nobody would fault me for that, but it's like, I have a brand sure. new heart. How am I going to move on? And what am I going to do wow. with a second chance at life? And I realized I can do a lot Good of God. things. And so that's, that's what I, every morning I would wake up and I say, okay, what can I do? And every morning I'd make myself make my bed because that was one thing I could do. And just so that I wouldn't lay in bed all day. And so it was just, that was kind of the start of Step one and my resilience framework is developing that growth mindset to, you know, accept what's out of my control and focus on what's in my control to change or just to move forward. And so I would make myself uh, write a list out of what I can do. What can you do today? I can do this. I had to do at least three things and they usually were Amazing. just baby steps. Sometimes it was okay you know, change your pajama top and just put on a shirt, <laughs> you know, I mean, those types of baby steps, yeah. just little things, but I felt, and every day I would try to do a little bit more. And, um, and that helped, that helped my mindset because it, it made me see that I can do things, but I, I might be limited in that. my choices, but I can do things. And so then that led to um, step number two is 
um, you know, what am I going to do now? Uh, I had to start, I had to figure out what am I going to do for a living? Um, because I really, I lost so much out of the divorce. Um, and fortunately I was able to move in with my twin sister. Um, and, uh, and that was really, we're so close. We're known as the giggle twins. And uh, because oh, we do have so a special. wonderful sense of humor. And, and, and so um, that helped me too, because I didn't want to just lie around and do nothing. Um, and so uh, we would laugh that just laughing was, you know, get your, get the endorphins going and, and makes you feel lighter. And, and then I started yeah. realizing I, I have so much to be grateful for. And so at the end of the day, I would focus on three things to be grateful for that happened that day and why I was grateful for them. And that helped me sleep because I was in a good frame of mind. And uh, so the second step that I fell into was what are, what are my superpowers, so to speak? Um, what kind of strengths can I draw from that will help me move on with my life? And because um, I was 58. Um, at the time and wow. you know most of my friends are getting ready to retire with their spouses right. and I'm I'm starting my life over again so it's like what what do I have um you know my 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 skills my talents my passions my strengths um what other resources do I have available to me um you know people um the internet uh, you know how can I find what can I do for a living that I'd have to do yeah. online? Because not only was the pandemic put us into quarantine, but just from my heart transplant alone, I had to quarantine for a year so that my body would not reject my heart or I wouldn't get an infection. Wow. Going around. <laughs> that could have put a strain on things. So talk about not having a lot of choices, but I still had choices. Some I didn't like, but I, but I knew enough with change that things change is constant. And if I wait long enough, another opportunity will come along. And so that's where the gratitude really helps you stay hopeful because it could be a lot worse. And I would remind myself when I start feeling down and depressed, I would tell myself things could be a lot worse. And I I actually name them. I could be I could be homeless. I could be um, sick. I could be fighting health issues, which I wasn't, thank goodness. And so, so I have I to ask you a question and I, oh, I want to get into the, the third step too, eventually, but like, I am so, and when we first talked, Laura, I got off that call. Holy crap. On so many levels, like, like number one, just to be blatantly honest, perspective, right? Like you're just saying like things could always be worse, but like we live within the four walls of our, our brains. And a lot of times we make that room really, really small. And when you hear about what somebody else is able to go through um, and smile about, holy goodness, it was so motivational when I heard your full story. And I, I, I just can't wait for people to check out the book because it's it literally incredible. But then I also think about there are things that are self-imposed, right? I just was listening to this book, um, Manifest, um, for like New Year's kind of growth mindset stuff. And I mean, the, the lady has made an incredible transformation, but she was partying and drinking and smoking and doing drugs every weekend. Like, those are 
sort of self-impose lows, right? So she would have lows associated with self-worth based on decisions that she's made. So that's one end of the spectrum. Then you take what you um, endured, went through, um, were blessed to experience, I guess, all of those things. And like, my heart just breaks for you. And at the same time, my heart is so full that you were able to find joy and love through that and still appreciate those experiences, even though by, you know, societal standards, you would call them very tragic. Um, First of all, just who you are. Thank you. Because that example is incredible, just incredible. Um, And it leads me to my question, because you mentioned in your, uh, as you were going through your events, these four events in five years, that you felt this overwhelming sense of gratitude and appreciation for having a new heart, a new chance at life. And then you also, at the same time, were given, let's just be honest, a colossal bag of shit to deal with as you were going through this. So I guess my question is, because I'm trying to extrapolate, like, you know, how sometimes they say hindsight's 2020, and I try and be the type of person to learn from others so that you don't have to go through everything yourself. You're going to still have your own experiences, successes, and failures, but it's great if you can glean life lessons from someone else's experiences and, and just go that much faster and learn faster. So mm-hmm. do you think, Laura, that going through that health challenge and, and now having this kind of line in the sand, so to speak, do you feel like that helped you have the courage and the trust to make new decisions and to look at things differently with the divorce and other things? Or like, do you attribute that to something else? I'm just really curious. Twofold. Um, because of my faith um, as a Christian, um, I had to really put my trust in God because yeah. I, I, it wasn't easy. I just accepted my circumstances. When I was being faced with that divorce, a month after my heart transplant, I'm kind of like, how do you just, it's been nice oh moving on. And, um, and that I just could not get my head around. And, and as more information came out, um, and then I got, I got, well, you know, because you're, you're, you're going through the stages of grief and that can happen with any type of loss, loss of a job, um, you know, financial problems, any kind of loss you're going, you need to process those emotions. And um, when I got to the anger stage, I thought about revenge. I thought about all kinds of stuff because I was hurt. I was humiliated um, for sure and and going through all those emotions. But but then I got to that anger stage and I got angry with me. I was angry at him, but I was more angry at myself because I was like, you got a brand new heart you know, what, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to waste it on being bitter wow. and angry? Or are you going to go do something with your life now? You got a second chance oh, at life. Amazing. Not everybody gets that. Um, but, you know, what, I, and, and to what you were talking about before, um, you know, I had to really take a look at what are my core values and, and how am I going to set healthy boundaries? Because I, I learned a lot going through that divorce and I just had a real problem with trust after that and um so you know it's like and plus because of the heart transplant I mean I mean my doctors were concerned because I had to keep my stress level low because we know what stress and anxiety does to your body and with um I mean nothing could get in the way of my body rejecting my heart if it did I'm pretty much 
and I didn't want that. So um, I had to really put my trust in God that he sees everything. He knows everything. Um, he'll yeah. take care of the stuff I have no control over. And my job is to focus on looking forward and, when, wow. and do what I can to move forward. And once I came to that conclusion, I, I mean, I had to take control of my thoughts. And, and I, like I said, that's when the gratitude comes through. Um, yeah, amazing. Always focus on the bad stuff, but focusing on the good stuff is a new habit we have to work on every day. And especially so, in this world it, with it the is, social media and all the things we, we have to. And, and because otherwise you're going to, you know, you're going to get depressed. You're going to feel like you're not worth it. And that's when I realized not, don't take things personally, just because somebody rejects you doesn't mean that you're not worth it. You know, you're worth it. That just wasn't a good fit. <laughs> and yes. I'm not just talking from, with marriages, but I'm just talking in general, you know, yes, in life, one thing that we always have to be cognizant of is change is always going to happen. Um, there's going to need to be necessary endings. People come into your yes. life and, and some people stay. Some people, they just come in and stay for a couple of, maybe a couple of years or, you know, a couple of months. And, and then they leave, you leave your mark on each other and then you go on in life. And so by understanding that there's always going to be change, there's always going to be endings. Um, it helps you realize, it helps you be flexible. It helps you realize that's okay. Now we don't, you know, as, as a human race, we don't adapt to change very well. I've heard that phrase, but we've always done it this way. You know, I mean, right. that is something we have to be adaptable. We have to know that change can be good and we have to find we have to find the good in that change. It, it's different. Different isn't bad. Different can be right. good. Different can lead to new opportunities. And I always think of it as you're you're either growing or you're dying. And, and it's it's like you can be alive. You have air in your lungs and a, a beat in your heart, blood flowing through your body. But are you really living? Are you thriving? Are you growing? And the way I show up in my life is I I want a meaningful life. I want to. It doesn't. I don't need it to be an easy life. But I want to know that I've tried and I, um, I've learned and I've loved hard and I've given my all. And so I just, I just love what you're saying because I attribute that to surrender. When you're saying put your trust in God, I think for people mm -hmm. of faith or people more of a spirituality incl inclination, trusting the universe or trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. I've learned on this journey for myself, there's just as much of a, an outside faith as there is of like, no, you can do this. And that's a lot of the inner work going through and saying, what are my doubts that and my fears that are really blocking me? And am I letting those dictate my decisions versus my excitement and my passion and my and my values and joys? Um, and that is so hard to do in its own right. So to mm -hmm. to to give that trust and to just put one foot in front of the other, I think is incredible. And we were talking about technology a second ago. So I just wanted to make this parallel for parents. If you think about your kids, I was talking to my brother about this because we both have teen daughters and you think about how much time they're on their phones, mm -hmm. um, what they're looking at on Instagram or TikTok or all, whatever any of the things are with the discord and all these things nowadays. And it's like, 
what value are they getting from that? What is that teaching them about themselves? I was just watching Yellowstone. I'm like on something with my husband on season two and the lady's Native American and she was um, teaching her kids like a Christopher Columbus class about like what's going on in this world. And they're like selling you the air and they're selling you the water and you're so wrapped up in your phones that you don't even know that you're being like poisoned by by this, the, in this institution, right? And it's just, it's a perspective of we don't, know what we value because we're spending too much external time and we don't have the internal stimulus. So for parents who have teens, right, it's such a good idea to spend that time, make those parallels, bring it back to your values and to show them what success looks like and hope and, and trust and the things that are important to you. So I just love it. So Laura, take us through the third. I'd love to hear what that third um, step is and then any parallels you have for parents as well. Sure. The, the, the third step is just thinking outside the box to find opportunities. Um, and, and that, like I said, we tend to just think we're going to get through life going from point A to point B. And, you know, it's not going to be that way. You're going to have your ups and downs. You're going to have paths blocked. You're going to have to figure out what do you do? And, you know, and, and that's why I say being flexible and adaptable and uh, knowing what your superpowers are and your resources available, you can solve any problem. You just have to be creative. And, and an example uh, that I like to share is, um, you know, sometimes the, 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 the solution is right before your eyes. And yeah. some, we, we tend to make things more complicated. And there is a, a, a soap manufacturing company that all of a sudden started getting phone calls that the customers receiving their boxes of soap, but it was empty. The boxes were empty. And wow. so they, so they got the um, engineering team involved and, in, and, in, and figure how do we stop these uh, empty boxes from being um, put on the, the trucks for shipment. And uh, wow. so the engineering company had to, was trying to come up with this uh, real difficult to like uh, weighing the boxes or something like that. Well, in the meantime, they needed a quick solution so that no more empty boxes went out. And uh, so one of the line workers put a big box fan, you know, like a warehouse rolled up box fan up to the end of the um, conveyor belt and it blew the empty boxes off. And oh, so wow. they didn't get loaded up on the pallet to be shipped. And I love that story because sometimes it's just a quick, simple solution, maybe to a temporary solution, but we just have to think, you know, what are all our, the options? What are all the, the choices? What can we do right now to, to solve a problem? Because things are going to change. If you don't like a, a, a solution, wait a little bit, look around you, again, check your resources, people you know, um, community resources and how can you use your own skills in new ways it's really the possibilities are endless but it means stepping out of your comfort zone and some people don't like to get out of your comfort zone I got pushed and the door was locked behind me so I didn't <laughs> yes. have a choice but some people are like well I'm miserable but it's my comfort zone and I'll just stay right. here and complain and be miserable and it, my question is why? What if you just take a little risk? It's finding that little, I call it the Goldilocks zone between 
fear and panic, <laughs> take yeah. a little risk, take a little baby step and try something new and see what happens. Then feel empowered about it. The way I consider right. it is you're either taking the baby steps or you're getting pushed or some sometimes yeah. not so lovingly shoved, <laughs> right? It's like yeah. after so, yeah. <laughs> there's so many it lessons of the same thing. Yeah. yeah, I'm here to say it can be done. I got shoved. I didn't have a choice. I had to move on. So it can happen, but why not do it in more of a controlled environment, so to speak? Take a couple of baby steps. And and um, that's why I like to teach my framework and, and just baby steps and and yeah. just get just take that first few steps and and they don't have to be big steps. But when you start seeing those little achievements and those accomplishments, accomplishments, then you go. I'm going to do a little bit more and and then you do a little bit more and and there's simple practical steps that that anybody could do and and because I I I I I mostly work with adults but I'm also working with teens as well young adults because I'm a mentor with a organization that helps um, foster youth transition out of foster care into adulthood And so I think teaching them these life skills too is, you know, they've already been through some trauma, very difficult circumstance, um, not knowing who to trust. And by teaching them how to learn about the core values and healthy boundaries, then you've got a framework, just that alone to reduce stress and anxiety. And, and, And so these are, these are simple steps that I I used to tell my boys just because you can doesn't mean you should and that they always have choices and and I think everybody needs to know you always have choices I think that's so important you can choose to do something you can choose not to do something but that's your choice I couldn't tell you what you need to do if you were going through a difficult situation I can make suggestions and ask questions what are you comfortable doing but ultimately it's choice, right And, you know, and those are some of the big things that I think we need to give our kids as parents is the tools, the tools to navigate this world, the tools to feel fulfilled and joy and peace and not to constantly feel that they need to do more, be, you know, do more and achieve more and be less. And I think that's where we've gotten to as a society. So I love I love all of those tips, Laura. I think those are incredible. Setting boundaries, having values, understanding what you stand for so that you don't fall for anything. And then Mm -hmm. I love your story for several reasons. But one of them, two of them that I want to highlight is it doesn't take a a momentous act of God. You can set one little thing in motion Mm -hmm. and accomplish it and then feel like the reason this worked for you, Laura, is you allowed yourself to feel fulfilled by those baby steps, right? Like, I'm a super mm-hmm. heady person. So I understand setting goals for myself. I don't know how to set a goal. I set 17 goals. And if I don't accomplish them <laughs> all, I have the tendency to get in my head. And then I'm like, this serves no one. What are we doing here? And it's like, dial it back, be grateful and appreciate the the growth and the um, the things that you did do, right? Like, focus on that feeling. And then when you feel good about it, when the key there is when you feel good about it, then you build on it. When you don't feel good and you're doing it at a place, out of a place of not enoughness, 
we try to build on it. And then we realize why we fail or feel unfulfilled, right? So it's teaching our kids these right. things is so impactful. So I know we have a few minutes. We have to wrap up in about two minutes. So I want to mm -hmm. give you the floor, the floor to give any last minute tips for parents that you have gleaned from your journey. And then please share with people the book, your services, where they can find you, all those good things. Sure. Thank you. What I would tell parents is it, it, make sure your, your children understand that they do have choices, you know, and, and we always teach our children to choices, reap rewards and cost uh, consequences. And, but it's their choice to make. And uh, one of the things that I would um, suggest too, is let your children know that, you know, focus on what's in their control to, to take care of. And the comparison, don't compare. You can't expect a fish to ride a bike. A fish needs to be in water. And so, so I would say children just need to understand what their strengths are and, and that will help them find their purpose because we are all made differently for different purposes. And I think that's something that um, social media does not let people understand. And it is because I, I think children need to understand that it's okay to get upset, but how are you going to respond? You know, we'll, we'll give them time to get their feelings out about a situation, but then start focusing on what what is what they're grateful for and find one good thing in every situation. And you can, even if it's, thank goodness it's not worse, but you can always find one good thing. And I think that's important for children to know is that they do have choices, they do have opportunities, they do have options.